It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable too. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. This episode of BGN Radio is brought to you by Clip It, the hottest app that is out there. Watch TV, make clips, and share. For more information, check them out at clipit.tv or check them on Twitter at clipit.tv. You're listening to BGN Radio. Three-man front comes charging, fake handoff, dropping back by Foles, launches a long spiral, back of the end zone, far side, leaping two-handed, falling down, catch made by Jeffrey! What a catch! Touchdown, Philadelphia! 34-yard pass! An acrobatic... Two-handed, falling down, twisting catch in the back of the end zone. He beat Rowe, and the Eagles go up on top, 9-3, to three, late first quarter. Yo, it is episode 302 of BGN Radio. I am your host, James Seltzer. With me, the man, the myth, the legend, the Editor-in-chief of BleedingGreenNation.com, Mr. Brandon Lee Gotten, BLG. What's up, brother? James, I said it, I believe, on the WIP show this past Saturday. I said every podcast from here on out, I have to do it. I have to remind everyone that the Philadelphia Eagles are Super Bowl champions of the world. Wait, they are? It's true. Oh, my goodness. That's fucking exciting, BLG. It's pretty cool. It's not bad. It re- you know what? It really is. Let's start there. And, and real quick, um, you know, shout out to everyone out there. The entirety of Eagles Nation and Bleeding Green Nation has just been so awesome, uh, you know, to be a, a part of this. We've, we've all kind of said that. But after taking a week off and reflecting on it, it's just every day. Like, like BLG just said, I wake up every day and I get out of bed and I look around and I, and I think, Oh my God, the Eagles actually won the Super Bowl. And to interact with everyone and be able to share it with everyone has been a really awesome, awesome thing. So, BLG, why don't we start right there, man? Like, Well, before we start, James, I have one big announcement. Ooh. BGN Radio, the number one rated show oh, in you. Philadelphia 
Sports Radio in our time slot on Saturday, one to three. Number one, the number one objectively Eagles podcast. Look, this isn't an Eagles podcast. Where we're trying to tell you to leave us an iTunes review and then delete it and try to game the system. We don't do that. We're just number one. Look at that. And, and never self-congratulatory. That's the beautiful thing. Never. We're, very, we're humble, BLG. We're humble. We're from very humble beginnings, so. and we, we will continue to be humble now. Uh, very cool. We are uh, honored and uh, excited uh, to hear that news and, and obviously just to have the opportunity to talk about this team on WIP is very cool. So, BLG, as we were kind of just alluding to there, the concept of, of basking in the glow, where are you kind of at? You know, I, I, it's been weird the last couple weeks in sports radio, speaking of WIP, trying to decide, you know, do you move on? Do you continue to, to, to just celebrate? How do you celebrate and still look ahead? And then the Nick Foles stuff starts, which we'll obviously get into. But first and foremost, BLG, where do you kind of stand with with still clinging to the joy, which obviously will never go away, but, but moving forward? When, when are you ready to start moving forward? Yeah, I mean, with us, you know, you and me, being in the profession of talking about this team on a daily basis, there is no option really but to move on and talk about free agency for example you know i did an article already today about the players that the eagles can cut or trade for cap space you know that's just what the nature of the business that we are in but i mean you you have to take that time and that's why i said at the opening of this podcast and why i will continue to say it pretty much from every on i think i just have to say it every single freaking podcast i do now because why not i mean that's so special and that is something that will always live on the fact that the eagles are Super Bowl champions. They did it when just going through life thinking that it may never happen. We may never see it. I am going to be having to continue to say it until the end of time because I don't want to take it for granted. I don't want to I don't want to lose track of that. I don't want to not appreciate it any less. So I think it's just kind of a something where, you know, you're obviously going to move on. Eagles fans are already, you know, they're excited for free agency and draft and the offseason and all of those things. That's never going to stop just because the Eagles won a Super Bowl. Now it's, I've said it, the goal now is to become a dynasty. So it's really interesting to see where this team goes from here. But you have to take that time to appreciate it. You know, get get your Eagle Super Bowl shirt, you know, wear it around, get your hat, whatever. Just take that time, kind of just bask in it and soak it in. I couldn't agree with you more. Again, it, like you said, BLG, it's such a special thing for us, for everyone who's followed this team their entire lives. You know, I'm 36, you're 26. You know, we're kind of in that, you know, different age ranges, but there are people so much older than us who had been waiting for this and families and all that type of stuff. We saw it. We saw it with the parade. We saw how special it is to everyone in this community and this fan base. And, and I think it's really brought the best out of everyone. I'm with you, BLG. Forever and always, the Eagles are Super Bowl champions and to, to be able to say that like you said after you know going through times in your life where you're like is this ever going to happen and and, and to have it happen and to have it happen in such a unexpected way the journey the beautiful journey that we went on the team that that won it for us the the group of amazing guys um it, you know it couldn't have been any better and I think you're right BLG it's one of those things that not only do you not want to take for granted obviously but 
More so, I think it's something that really will always stick with us. And I've said that before, that I think it will change us as fans and has changed us as fans and as people. And I genuinely believe that. I don't think that that's a crazy thing to say. But with that in mind, BLG, to the other point of your answer, we do have to kind of look at because, you know, we are in the business, of course, and also Eagles fans. That's the beautiful thing about this fan base is that we will never forget this this beautiful thing that happened but we're also still hardcore football fans and we love our Eagles. And like you said, BLG, we want more. Now we can get greedy. Let's go. So let's start at the top. And, you know, the, it's really been the biggest kind of discussion point in terms of, of everyone starting to move forward. And obviously has been the quarterback situation. You know, little things have leaked out. First and foremost, it was the conversation about Foles, and he's obviously going to want to start, and and he's worth too much not to trade him. And then Bill Polian comes out and goes off the reservation with insanity about what it would take to even think about it. All this type of stuff, and now we've got the doctor's opinions coming in on Carson Wentz and the injury being worse than, than whatever, and it's just so much stuff, BLG, and I get why people are like, let's just enjoy this, but at the same time, I think it really is an important, you know, it's going to be something that's going to shape this next season here, how this all plays out, so uh, first and foremost, where do you stand, and, and obviously, I think we know your your <laughs> Nick Foles, uh, you know, stand comparatively, but where do you stand on this situation as it currently is is constructed at the moment, from what we know? Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's the quarterback position, man. Come on, we have to talk about it. It's such a big deal. Free agency and trading and all that only begins in a couple weeks here. On on March 12th is when I think the legal tampering period, which is a silly name, begins. Then the actual... Yeah, it's every day. It's like, hey, let's name it something. Like, (laughs) let's call it legal, but then illegal. So it's awesome. It's good. So that's that's on the 12th, on, on Monday, March 12th. And then actual free agency starts on the 14th. So... You know, that's what now, two weeks away or so. So it's it's yeah. coming up real soon. It'll be here before we know it. And look, you know, this is obviously something I've already see. We haven't done a podcast in a while. So I know, I've right? Waiting to get this out. And I love it. Uh, they it's going to be a long take. So you have to, you know, sit back, you know, get the popcorn, kick your feet up. I got to get through this. The Eagles, I think they kind of almost have to trade Nick Foles. Now, I, now hey, real that, quick, you, the hate tweets are already flowing in BLG. They're, they're already uh, coming in. Stopped. We haven't even, we haven't even finished recording this, <laughs> nor released this, and somehow people know. It's very true. Uh, but first of all, now saying that, it kind of depends. I've said this multiple times now. I sound like a broken record. It depends what he wants to an extent. I mean, if he wants to stay and be a backup and – then, and he's happy with that, then you have to kind of be okay with that as the team. I mean, I know some people might disagree. I think the general consensus, though, you know, look, he won the team, the Super Bowl. He was the Super Bowl MVP. He played a big part. You have to have some kind of loyalty. I think I think that buys that. I mean, it's you can't take that for granted as, the, as the team, even Agreed. from their perspective. So with that said... Uh, that's not the feeling that I'm getting. You know, I don't. I don't see like a lot of people just assume that's the case. I'm not seeing the evidence of that because if that was truly the case, he could have when he was on Jimmy Kimmel or when he was on the Ellen Show and they were asking about his future and all that. He could have been like, "I'm under contract for this year. I'm the backup to Carson. I'm happy in that role." He didn't say that. He kind of said, "You know, it's up to my agent. We'll see what happens." Am I reading into it too much? 
John and I, you know, John, last week on the WIP show, we, we played the clip and we joked about let's overanalyze this. But I think that is at least something to consider. And then just the fact that I've been saying over and over that you look at how desperate teams get for quarterbacks. And I know the counter to this is there's a lot of quarterbacks in the market this offseason with A.J. McCarron and Kirk Cousins and just whoever else is out there. Ton of McCown, I think. There's a lot of names out there. Um, so, and Keenum, so on, Bradford, Bridgewater, everyone. Everyone apparently is a free agent this offseason. So, what the, or what, so where it goes from there, you know, is that, you know, there's a lot of options available, but Nick Foles, some team could be out there and being like, hey, we have the opportunity to bring the Super Bowl MVP in and we think we can get him uh, in here and he can have success in our scheme and we could trade for him. We, it's a guarantee, you know, because you try to woo a Kirk Cousins in free agency, it's not a guarantee you get him. He might pick another team. If you trade for the guy, you know you're getting that player. You hopefully sign him to an extension after that for Nick Foles. I think he has to look at the fact that Mike Lennon, who is just bad and didn't do anything in Tampa Bay, really somehow got $20 million guaranteed from the Bears last offseason. If you're Nick Foles and you're looking at the fact that you just won the Super Bowl and you were the Super Bowl MVP, then I have to think you're looking at that and being like, hey, I can get that kind of money. And does Nick Foles want to chase that? Again, that's up for debate. I think he does because I think – the fact that his father is a business owner, I think his dad is kind of probably in his ear about that, being like, hey, Nick, you know, like, look, this is good business for you to to really cash in and your value is at your highest now. Go get it. And I think the same thing with his wife. You know, he has to think about his wife and his family. I mean, you can say he might be OK with turning down over $10 million or so, but, you know, he has to think about his family and their future. So. I think this is an opportunity for him to get that starting opportunity if he wants it and that starting money. And if the Eagles, so in the same vein that if he wants to stay, if he wants to go somewhere, the Eagles have to respect that as well. And I think there will be a deal out there to make. I was going through the salary cap aspects of the Eagles, as I was saying earlier in the show here. And when you look at it, they there aren't a lot of obvious cuts. I mean, you look at maybe Brent Selleck and Torrey Smith, but beyond that, it's there's no like clear cut, oh, it's obvious you cut this guy and save a lot of money. And right now, the Eagles are almost $10 million over the cap. They need to save money. And by trading Nick Foles, you save that $5.2 million. And I was kind of running through the calculations today. Like you, 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 so you, let's say they do cut Selleck or he retires. It's the same impact. Or, and they cut Torrey Smith. You save all that. And maybe you get rid of one of Curry or, or Kendricks because I don't know if both will happen. You still only have $5 million over the cap. That's not a lot of room to work with when you're trying to resign Nigel Bradham or trying to add some other depth pieces to this team. You you could really use that five point two million from trading Nick Foles is what I'm trying to say here. I think like that's one of the biggest, easiest ways to clear money. And the fact that I think you're going to be able to get picks as well, which are also super valuable to this team now, because it's not just like the Eagles don't have a lot of cap space this year. And then it suddenly jumps up and they're fine. No, they're tight on future years because they have a lot of their players locked up and signed through 2020 or beyond, which is great. But at the same time, that means you don't have a lot of money to spend and you're going to need to keep replenishing the system here because you're losing guys like Trey Burton and Bo Allen and those depth pieces and Patrick Robinson. You need those draft picks more than ever. You need that cheap talent to rely on. So getting picks getting that cast space for Nick Foles and the Nate Sudfeld factor, the Nate Studfeld factor, <laughs> as James Seltzer would say. 
that is another big thing. It's 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 crazy to me how like people think that's like they don't even think he's a thing. I mean, they they wanted him on the team last year. They promoted him to the roster when they could have let him walk, and they were comfortable enough from him being one play away from playing in the Super Bowl. So they clearly like him. That is my long winded answer, James. I think they have to do it. I think it makes so much sense. All right, I will agree and disagree with you. I will agree with you that I think that it is Nick Foles' choice. I think the Eagles have to go to him and give him the option. That guy has given too much to this organization, to this city, uh, for them not to give this guy a chance to go do what he wants to do somewhere else and be a starter. Having said that, and I also agree with your point where I've heard a trillion people call sports radio and say, well, Nick definitely wants to stay here. He loves it here, and he's a man of faith, and and that's all he cares about. Uh, uh, Enough. All right, no one knows Nick Foles. He is a man of faith. He is a wonderful person, and I do believe that he loves it in Philadelphia. He might want to be a starter. He might want to make money. He's a competitor. We saw that in the Super Bowl. If you went and listened to that mic'd up video, that was the biggest takeaway I had. I was like, damn, Nick Foles is a leader out there. That guy's competitive as hell, and he's a gamer. So, look, he might want to go do that somewhere else. Having said that, (laughs) having said that. Here we go. Here we go. I don't think you could trade Nick Foles right now. And, and, uh. and, and the reason is, is, is I, don't, I, I think he might be your starting quarterback week one of the, the NFL season next season. And I know that they like Nate Sudfeld, a.k.a. Nate Studfeld. Studfeld. But I also think that you are the reigning Super Bowl champion. And like we were talking about before, Baskin and the Glow and stuff, there's going to be cool things along the way here. Like we've talked about a bunch. The 32nd pick in Dallas, the Super Bowl champion Eagles. But also, one of those things is that Thursday night when they unveil the banner and they bring that championship to Philadelphia and, and, and say, we did this here and we're opening the season for our Super Bowl defending season as champions, Nate Sudfeld is not going to be their starting quarterback that week. It's either going to be Nick Foles or it's going to be Carson Wentz. I truly believe that. And and look, as much as I, I agree that you know it's just with the one doctor's opinion, John Kelly, the Novacare doc, yeah. went on Angelo's show and had a very grim outtake on Carson Wentz's knee injury and and the potential recovery for it, but at the same time, like he is a very, he's a good doctor, he's a smart doctor, a lot of people I've spoken to know the guy and, and know how good a doctor he is. His take is not crazy to look at the situation and say, hey, like, let's just not assume that Wentz is going to be able to go to start the season. Carson Wentz himself has, has stepped around the issue when he's said, I expect to be back week one. He has not said, I will be back week one. I don't think he's going to be back week one, BLG. I really don't. I think this is something that's going to, and I've said before, I think he is going to be as motivated as any rehab patient ever, A, because of who he is, B, because he wants to go win that Super Bowl himself. He wants to be the guy. He wants to be the MVP, all that type of stuff. But BLG, as much as he's a hard worker, as much as a guy of faith, this organization has to look at Carson Wentz for the next 10 to 15 years, not the first four games of this season, I think they are going to slow play his return in terms of the fact that unless he is 100% ready to go, uh, like no questions asked, I think Nick Foles is your starting quarterback opening week, and I think that that's important. I think you're trying to repeat, obviously, 
and Nick Foles gives you the best chance to continue to win games. I know the schedule should be a little easier at the beginning of the season and all that, but I don't know, BLG. I get what you're saying, and I get every every point you made. And again, to to to, to make this whole conversation irrelevant, if Nick Foles wants one thing or the other, it, Nick deserves the right to choose. But BLG, I I I, I need. Nick Foles here if Carson Wentz isn't going to be ready to start the season, especially, especially if, if who knows how long Carson Wentz needs till he can return. I'm not saying he's going to miss all season or anything, but, but if it's 11 or 12 months, I mean, that puts it in the second half of the season. So I don't know. For me personally, I think at least right now until you have a great idea, a, a exact idea of when Carson Wentz is going to be back, I don't know how you move him. Yeah, so I'm glad you brought that up because that is definitely the opposite side. And look, I think that's a fair side. And I think the problem here and part of what I am frustrated is the fact that the argument I made isn't even being looked at as like a legitimate thing because that you're seeing Bill Polian, a, a Hall of Fame executive. And obviously he's had some crazy opinions, but still it's, a, it's an actual NFL guy. And even Peter King, again, maybe you don't respect his opinion, but he's been around the NFL a long time. Like these aren't just random people saying the Eagles should turn down multiple first round picks or even more first round picks and two second round picks for Nick Foles. Like that is not, that's insanity to me. And I can't believe some people agree with it. Like I, you see people on Twitter being like, actually I agree with them. Like, no, that's insanity. I get you want Nick Foles here, but here's my question for you, James. So what do you do? Like, are you okay with just keeping his contract as is and having him walk as a free agent after 2018? Uh, it's, a, like, it's a great question. It's that's, a, that's what it comes down to. Because right. before I, I want to get your answer on that, I just want to say that it is entirely possible. Like, there is a world where Carson Wentz doesn't miss a game. And he, I get that there's concern that he will, and that's reasonable. But it, there are some – we have seen some reports that say he – could be ready for week one. And let's just assume that's true. Let's say he does play all 16 games. People are assuming he's super injury prone now, even though the fact that he has only missing, missed three regular season starts. But there is a world in which Carson Wentz plays every game and then Nick Foles walks in free agency. And you're telling me, not you, James, but the people out there are telling me that you're okay with turning down a first round pick for a player who might not even play in 2018. That is insanity to me. So I want to know what you're doing with Nick Foles if you're keeping him here. Like, are no, you I, I, look, I think What's that's a great question. And I, and I think, yeah, I think you have to talk to him about the contract, look to restructure. And look, again, this is with him knowing that his chances to start are potentially the beginning of next season and only if Wentz gets hurt. Obviously, it goes back to Nick being okay with that type of situation for himself. But I, I, look, I, I think you make a good point in the sense that I do think people are diminishing the, the concept of it and the value because, yeah, this guy just won a Super Bowl for us. So it's hard to say, all right, trade him, get him the fuck out of here. We got a first for him. You know, <laughs> like it's tough to do, right? You know, it's not something that, that feels right. But I, I agree with you in the sense that, that you know, the two firsts and two seconds, I mean, that that's outrageous. That's silly. What's the least you would take for him? Like what, what is the, where does the conversation get started for well, you? Here, okay, and I'll get back to that. Give me a second. What yep. I, what I want to I think I want to step back from what it takes me and and just look at what I think the how the Eagles are looking at it, Howie Roseman, Joe Douglas, Jeffrey Lurie. This organization made it very abundantly clear that quarterback across the board is incredibly important to this organization, and I think yep. that 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 backup quarterback is a 
a roster spot for them that they value more than other depth positions. Even if you're going to see a your fourth wide receiver or your third cornerback play more often or whatever, fourth cornerback play more often, I think they look at the backup quarterback, even if he's going to not take a snap all season, they look at that spot as more valuable than, than those other depth spots. And I think that they made that clear by investing so much money in it, then willing to admit they made a mistake on Chase Daniel to invest more money in Nick Foles. So I do think that the Eagles do value Nick Foles that way. And, and I think for them, I think that what Peter King and Bill Pullian said is crazy, but I think the Eagles are not taking just a first. I don't think you get him. I don't think they're taking a second. I, you know what I mean? I think it's going to take more or at least what they got for Sam Bradford and maybe more for the Eagles to make a deal. And again, dependent upon what they think of where Wentz is at. But for me personally, BLG, and again, this is all dependent upon, let's say, I'm in that organization, and I might not have the exact day Wentz is going to be back, but I'm like, all right, uh, we feel uh, incredibly optimistic about his recovery at the moment. I would take a first plus for Nick Foles, a first and a the, the Sam Bradford type deal would be the type of deal I'd be looking to get. I think second plus is what they would reasonably do if it comes down to that. I think, but here's the thing about that. I think Howie knows he can get a first. Like, I think he knows or he feels like he, at least he can do it. Like, he can let He got it for someone. Sam Bradford. He's, he's got That's to feel I mean. like he could do it I, again. I feel, and, and we always talk about it, or I know you've referred to this before, about how he kind of just like uh, strong armed Rick Spielman. He was like, no, you're giving this first to me. He's like, you're going to do it. And you're going to give me the fourth, too. Like, I, I think he thinks he can kind of do that again because. Uh, you know, because he's a Super Bowl. Be, he's going to be like, hey, exactly. he's the Super Bowl MVP. You better give me and a first some, pick. And if someone to. is coming for him in a sense where they're really looking to trade him or whatever, I mean, point being that that in this situation, the buyer is going to be more motivated than the Eagles, other than the cap yes. reasons you mentioned before, BLG, right. which again can be addressed in other ways. And and everyone, go to bleedinggreennation.com and check out BLG's nine players that get, the Eagles can cut or trade to save cap space. It is a great article. Uh, but I think outside of the cap thing, I think that, you know, like we've discussed, the especially with Wentz, you know, along the recovery trail, I don't think the Eagles are looking to move Foles. Someone's going to have to come to them. So you figure there is a motivated buyer out there. And now he's a ninja. That dude can convince anyone to do anything. Um, all right, let's move on because I'm sure uh, at this point people are... Uh, People want to kill they, us with the Wentz Foles stuff. The podcast yeah, off, it's right? over. We, sorry, guys. The people who left, we'll, we'll bring it for you. How about we talk about something that I think we can all agree on? And granted, it is not the best news ever or anything, but Alshon Jeffrey is a beast, BLG. A beast. That dude went out and made that catch in the Super Bowl after playing an entire season with a torn rotator cuff. I, I'm like, he might be the toughest football player I've ever seen, BLG. I mean, I once heard someone say that Jordan Matthews was better, but I mean, we don't have to talk who, about that. Who, who would ever say something like that, <laughs> Pio? That just I don't sounds know. so crazy. There's no way to guess. Um, for real, though, getting back to Alshon, I mean, that's he's the man. Like, Alshon he's is the man. The man. All the, those guys on the Eagles Super Bowl roster are legends in their own right because they're the first team to ever win a championship in Philadelphia. Like Kamu Gruje Hell, he's, he's a legend. Steven Means, he's a legend. You're DJ Cam's right, on the practice they are. Squad. He's a legend to me, you know, because he was on the practice squad. I agree. He they're, they're, heroes, they're heroes forever. And every single one of those guys is a hero in this city forever. But some of them 
you know, obviously are bigger legends than others. And I think Alshon has to be near the top of that list just from the way he just gutted this season out. And that's just awesome to see. I think that's kind of one of those things you see after almost every season. And there's always like a guy who kind of played through injury. And sometimes that explains why they didn't have the season you might expect. And I think we saw that with Alshon this past year. He didn't get off to the fastest start. He had missed that time there. In training camp, it was late July, early August when he suffered that injury. And to think that, you know, he went through this whole season and and I think back now to week one when in the Washington game they yeah. were kind of throwing some contested passes to him and he wasn't making them. Well, you know, kind of give him some slack now. I mean, he clearly was playing with uh, an injury and I think that's great that he's able to. Now, the flip side of that is like Alshon does get those injuries. Like that was one of the concerns bringing him in there. He, he's had some soft tissue things. I know that's not that, but just in terms of he's been banged up before. So that's the downside of it. But the upside is that he's the man. He, he toughed it out. Uh, he played great in the playoffs, especially. I mean, like he, yeah, down he the took stretch, his game he, to another level. Really heated up. That was awesome to see. He is a number one wide receiver. No matter what happens from here on out. Oh my god! Well, and, and again, to your point, imagine him healthy. You know, yeah. imagine when he gets healthy. And granted, you know, I know a lot of people are like, "Oh no, he's going to miss the preseason, and he might miss a game." It's like it's fine. It's whatever. Like yeah. this guy coming back healthy, we saw what he could do with a torn rotator cuff. BLG, especially like you point out, a really great point. I mean, this is a guy where a torn rotator cuff should hurt his game more than other receivers. Right. He's not a speed guy. He's not a someone just dropping the ball in the bread basket. You don't got to do that much. This is a guy who uses his arms, his hands, his height, his reach. I mean, it's everything for his game. So, um, and again, just I, I can't harp on it enough to do what he did in the Super Bowl with a torn rotator. Cuff to go up and spin his body around the air and be able to make that type of play with that type of injury is like next level badass. I, I'm I, Al, like he, he like you said, BLG. They're all heroes, but man, Alshon took a. Like, I already loved the, the love the guy. We loved him all season. We were we were we were on Team Alshon from the start, uh, even when other people were not feeling him as much. But uh, you know, I think he definitely has has reached that kind of. Next step above where everyone just looks at him as, as man, that guy is the man. So uh, really, really excited, uh, obviously, about the season he had and, and looking forward to seeing a real healthy Alshon coming back. And yes, you know, we'll see how, how the recovery goes. And I'm sure we'll be complaining four games into the season when he hasn't played yet. But for now, <laughs> for now, very happy uh, with what we saw from Alshon. Excited to see a healthy Alshon. Speaking of Alshon, and, and uh, this is a, a hell of a transition here, BLG. <laughs> His coach, who came over here with him, Mike Grow, hey. <laughs> uh, moved nice. to the OC position as we, um, you know, a kind of a lot of people thought it might be Deuce. Then you kind of started to hear some some people talk about it and say, oh, you know, Mike Grow makes a lot of sense. Quarterback coach, you know, or a former quarterback thinks that way, kind of like Peterson, also a Peterson hire. How do you feel? And then and then obviously they give Deuce the uh, assistant head coach tab at the end, which is. Kind of like whatever, uh, you know. Good for Deuce, I guess. I hope that helps him in some way, but it just feels, it feels kind of like a you know consolation prize. But BLG, what do you think about this reorganization here in the coaching staff? Press Taylor to QB coach. Uh, do you have any worries at all? You know, I think that that's kind of the thing where, um, and and no one can complain. We won the Super Bowl, so Frank, go do your thing. Flip, go do your thing. But. Are we maybe a little bit underrating these guys leaving, or or is you know we all know Doug's a god? Does it not matter? 
I don't think we can just be like, oh, well, you know, they left and it doesn't matter because Doug calls the plays. I mean, you have to give you know, Frank Reich his credit. And, you know, I think he did a great job of taking the information from the position coaches and filtering it to Doug Peterson. And I think that's part of why Doug Peterson was as effective as he was. Now, I'm not saying Doug Peterson won't be without Frank Reich, but, I, you know, he deserves the credit. And so does John Filippo. with <laughs> obviously we saw how the quarterbacks played. I mean, those guys deserve their credit and no one should take that away from them. Now, with that said, I mean, I still think Doug Peterson, you know, ultimately is making these calls and you still have him here. And that's great. And you still have some of these people who contributed to the the run this year. And now they're being promoted uh, like Press Taylor, which, you know, the Press Taylor thing, I mean, I'm not going to have a big issue with it. The only thing that it's not about him specifically, like I don't know enough about him to have any kind of gripe with him specifically is just as, you know, I've seen, we've seen the flyers get a little too incestuous at times when it comes to just like loving their guys and not considering outside options. That's the only thing I kind of worry about that. It's way too soon to like definitively say that I'm not saying like, you know, fire anyone or, or that's happening here. I think, the allure of keeping Press Taylor or moving him into that position is you're building this culture of rewarding within, and that's nice. And also the fact that he worked with John Filippo and those quarterbacks. So hopefully he'll be able to kind of carry on the, some of the things that Flip did in terms of the body language finds and all those little things that Flip did. So that's the kind of good thing there. Now when we look at the the more macro level, not the micro, well, the, the it's the macro level, but it's also the micro level. And Ooh, uh, yeah, nice little go work I know, I right there, VLG. From, from Bo Wolf, obviously. Uh, but that I'm is sure a, we'll that is that. as Bo Wolf a line as there is. Um, so I, I think you have to look at it and it, like just okay. So why did he deserve this? And we have evidence of that. I think. I think. You know, I wrote a post earlier this week on bleedinggreennation.com. Uh, four things to know about Mike Grow, and he's obviously experienced. He has he has been an offensive coordinator before. He was in college, but he's he's moved his way up through the ranks. Obviously, his dad being a head coach helped him break into the business, but he also broke off from his dad and won two championships with Alabama. And then he went to Chicago and Alshon Jeffrey and Brandon Marshall had some of their best career years there. And then you look at Kenny Britt and he had a freaking thousand yard season with Mike Grow and and Kenny Britt was so bad in 2017 that the Browns, the Browns cut him. So you look at his resume, he's done some impressive things. You look at Nelson Aguilar this year, that's something Doug Peterson had even given Mike Grow credit for back. I look, I was looking at old quotes back to OTAs and Doug Peterson, Mike said that Mike Grow lit a fire under Nelson Aguilar. And I think we saw that this year. Obviously Nelson deserves credit for his turnaround too, but I think Mike Grow certainly helps with that. And I, I was just looking back at all these quotes about Mike Grow. There was a lot of praise for him from Doug Peterson. And you look at the fact that Mike Grow was involved in this offense already. He was the guy who was responsible for their third down offense, or at least contributing to that. And the numbers are a good sign. I mean, the Eagles had the second best conversion rate in the NFL in third down this season. We we talked about the all season long, how Carson Wentz was great on third down. And I think if you look at the fact that Mike Groh had involvement in that area, that's encouraging. And not even just that general sense, but Mike Groh had part of two of the biggest plays in Eagles history. He was involved in that as Peter King kind of broke it down with that Zacherts touchdown in the Super Bowl. He was the one who, you know, that play wasn't on the play sheet and Doug Peterson challenges his assistants to find better plays and Mike Groh came up with that play. 
And, you know, Frank Groh brought it to Doug Peterson, so he had a part in that. And he also had a part in bringing the Philly special to the Eagles because the Bears had run that when he was there at first. So those things, you know, I look at those and I look at the fact that when Doug Peterson was kind of talking about how the, the, the what the offensive coordinator does and the game planning, you know, Mike Groh's name was mentioned uh, a couple times and same thing by Frank Reich. Frank Reich was saying that, you know, that's who he really was talking to in the passing game and seeing how the receivers are going in game and like how are they feel about a certain cornerback. I didn't really see Deuce Staley's name brought up there because Jeff Stoutland, the offensive line coach, is kind of more of the guy in the run game there. And that's not saying Deuce Staley isn't important or, you know, he's he should be cast aside or anything. I think Deuce does a great job in terms of handling uh, working with Jeff Stoutland in the running in the running game and, and handling his running back. So it's not that Deuce wasn't deserving, but I, I do think you look at the the qualifications, I think you look at the evidence, and I, I think Mike Rowe fairly earned the job. Yeah, I agree 100%. I feel bad for Deuce because, you know, he's been such a good soldier and he's been an Eagle forever, you know, other than, what, a couple years in Pittsburgh or whatever it is. But, I mean, he's been an Eagle his whole career. He's been a coach for a long time here. He slogged away through the Chip Kelly years. And, and you know, he's he's been grinding. And uh, I, I thought he would get it. You know, my, my gut instinct originally before, you know, you really started to think about it and people started talking about it and stuff. I thought it would be Deuce, but um, uh, the more I think about it, the more, you know, we talk about it, I, I think Mike Groh was the, the right choice. And, and more than anything, look, he's, he's Peterson's guy, right? I mean, that's a guy who Peterson brought in, a guy who Peterson hired, a guy who, you know, was more intimately involved with the, the game planning that Peterson was doing. So, it makes sense, especially when you look at what at least we understand what Frank Frank Reich, Frank Reich's role to have been, you know, a sounding board, someone who helps with the game plan, you know, someone like Mike Grow, who Peterson feels comfortable with, who, who helped Peterson game plan last year, was in charge of third down, all that type of stuff. It's just a much more natural fit. I'm with you, BLG, and and to the Press Taylor thing though, and, and just in general, I, I do I do like the concept of continuity on a coaching staff. I feel like you see it so often where all these guys are always, you know, everyone's just trying to get up a leg up and get another job and move on to the next job and all that. I do think continuity can help when guys can kind of rise the ranks and stay within a system and know how a head coach likes things done and be able to, you know, there's just a little bit more flow to it. But having said that, I agree. You want to find the best guy for the job, regardless of in-house or out. But either way, I think my big takeaway, you know, I feel I feel bad for Deuce, but... I and a quick thing on that with Deuce is that, you know, the assistant head coach title, yeah, I don't know if that means anything. I'm, I think it's I'm meaningless. Forward to, it probably it, 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 maybe it maybe it's it's more so to for for his standing around the league. Yes, I'm sure it's a pay a, bump. Exactly. It's that kind of stuff. But but that's good. I mean that's absolutely good for him. absolutely that's giving him an interview, and, even considering exactly. him for the job was good for him. I'm with you. Yeah, I think like it's not meaningless in the sense of like, yes, that I think that potentially helps raise his profile around the league. And that's great. And maybe, unfortunately, the path might not be for him here to advance. But that's the business. You don't always just get to advance with one team all the time. Sometimes you have to hop around and take different opportunities. So I think that's the good thing for Deuce is he, he probably got a pay raise as well, which is great. Yeah, I'm sure. And, and he got a, a title, which I think gives him more uh, a good standing in the league. And I think that kind of I think the Eagles did a kind of a good job there of, of making it so that both guys get something in terms of, you know, like they just passed over one guy 
or the fact that they tried like the, that they were trying to try to split it maybe into like a passing game coordinator and a run game coordinator that kind of feels like the like split the baby in half kind of thing like you're really no one's really winning there so right. I think they, they did it in a way where I think both guys kind of got to win yeah I feel the same way and, and granted obviously Deuce not the win he wanted but Look, you got to hire the right guy. I think Mike Groh was the right guy. And I think that very clearly for Doug Peterson, he was the right guy. So, also, and I, I like I Mike Groh. I really like Mike yes. Groh. Everything I, I saw do. from him, like he is, a, like you said, BLG, that the Aguilar thing is, you know, you ch- you turn Aguilar around, you're good in my book. I mean, you could, do, you could do whatever. I mean, that was such an impressive job. But just watching the way he coaches, being down there, you've been down there. Like, he's a fiery guy with, with passion yeah. and, and he's intense. And I, I love the way he goes about it. So, I, I'm happy with yeah, and his player, like you said, man, I agree. Um, So I'm happy for him. Uh, Real quick, Chris Paduzzi steps down. Anything there? You know, in terms of you don't you don't think there's any real effect there? Is there? I mean, he's been here for a while. Yeah, I mean, the Eagles have been the healthiest team in the league over the past, not including this year. The only reason I mentioned it, you know, it's like it's one of those things where they he's been good. He's been good at his job. Well, see, that's the thing. Uh, Emmanuel Acho wouldn't agree with you. That's true. Earl Pre- that's a or, good sorry, point. Yeah. Uh, Earl Wolf wouldn't either. So that that was kind of interesting. And just the fact that, like, the Eagles released a statement on him. I you thought know it I mean? was weird. Like, it was like, okay. It's it's not anything like grand level conspiracy, but it's a little like, huh? I wonder, you know, I wonder what happened there. I wonder what's up with that. Yeah, you know, I that's the something same to kind of like file away and see if we ever hear anything back later. Maybe talk to maybe. That'll come out. Maybe I'm I'm sure, you know, there's going to be some questions asked to the players once they're going to be available again, which is not for for quite a while. One last thing I wanted to say on the offensive coordinator thing is is I love how the Eagles are in a super in the Super Bowl a couple of weeks ago. And now we're just talking about like and then like everything's like grand grand of importance. It's like, you know, what do you think about this matchup? And, what you know, this what and this. what we and do, baby. A, <laughs> and then a couple of weeks later, we're talking about like. Offensive coordinator just doesn't uh, matter. I this, know it, it's great, and but, and but, how people get like angry too about like the Deuce thing. It's like they won the Super Bowl. Yeah, guys. well, that's like, my thing, and that's down. what I was about to say. It's like where imagine if they lose that game, and then we lose <laughs> Reich, and then we lose Flip, and then all this. Yeah. It's like then we're really pissed off. Like then yeah. everything sucks. Now it's yeah. like you know what we won. It's like you Frank. It'll work you out. Frank, go kill it, man. I hope <laughs> they you know what they're doing. They yeah. won the Super Bowl. Good luck, everybody. We love y'all. So I, I'm with you, BLG. I, I agree. Um, we will have obviously a lot coming up. A quick, quick look at obviously John Barchard going to be out at the Combine BLG, which is starting yeah. February 27th. A lot of good draft content coming your way. Check out the Kist and Solak show. Those guys have been killing it, pumping killing out it. content. They're great, really, really great show, and, and so much. Yeah, we got to do a show with them some point. We we should we should get them on the. Uh, on the big show, as it was, uh, as it's called, or whatever we call it, the the uh, the ones that actually get episode the numbers. numbers. Shows. Yeah, exactly. The number, the three hundred two one. Shout out to all the Delawareans. Am I right, BLG? Um, yeah. All right. Uh, free agency coming up th- uh, March fourteenth. Uh, we'll have a lot of content, obviously, between now and then. BLG, real quick before we get to our final thought, you wanted to quickly comment on the uh, the whole kind of like Garrett Blunt, Darren Sproles situation developing. Yeah, I think that's kind of a little interesting. You know, you saw that interview with the Garrett Blunt earlier this week. He said he wants to be back. He said that Deuce Daly is the best coach he's ever had, not just best running back coach. He said he's the best coach. So I thought that was, you know, pretty interesting. And I don't know. I think, you know, like Blunt had a really big presence in this locker room as a respected guy. Totally. Uh, totally. That, 
that video was awesome to watch he him had, and Corey he, commit. He is a great teammate, and you heard yeah. it from people up in New England too. Like it was one of those things where that guy just it loves to be part of a team and is a great teammate. Yeah, so like I feel like. You know, they can't rush to pay him. They just don't have the money. But it's almost like, you know, you almost feel like it's not going to just be like you're going to have zero talks with that guy. You know, like you're, you're going to talk to him at least be like, hey, you know, can we kind of try to figure this out somehow? Maybe it doesn't work, but let's, like, let's just talk it over or let's wait and see. You know, maybe we revisit it later in the offseason if you're still out there and you can't find a deal, you know, something like that. Uh, I feel like he's not going to be back, but you know I'm going to miss him. It was it was great to have him here, and and those Sproles too. I think that's really interesting. Like I don't have a good read on that at all. What's going to happen? I think Me some either. people just assume he's going to be back. People are just like, like he'll be back. He's Darren Sproles, and then why would or some people just assume he's going to be cut? Like I don't think like they're just going to ease. Like that's not going to be an easy decision for them. Like Darren Sproles is one of the most respected players in that locker room. And he's an amazing person. So, and they, for what it's worth, they 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 do need a kick return. I mean, you know, like they they, they do depending they on what he's willing to play for and all that. Like, obviously, need, we like know a, what he can a natural do. Natural pass catching running yeah, back. Yeah, but Corey I mean, has, they legit need. A, I mean, yeah. Kenyon Barner's a free agent. It's not like he was a world beater there. I mean, that's yeah. there, there's a, at least a spot where you could put him in. So uh, it's going to be interesting. This is the whole point of all of that. The 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 bigger thing than just Sproles and Bunt there is. You know, looking through this cap situation and the decisions the Eagles have to make, I mean, the good news is the big pieces are in place with Doug Peterson and Carson Wentz, and we'll see what happens with the quarterback situation. But you have Nick Holes if you keep him. If you want, if you want to do that, it's, it's an option. The key things are in place, and that's the great news. But, you know, they to, to win a Super Bowl, to have that edge, you know, you, you want to continue to build the roster and make sure you have these depth guys in case there are injuries like there were in this last season. That's going to be an interesting challenge for this team. I think, you know, Harry Roseman has his work cut out for him. I know we always say that Harry Roseman, you know, you kind of trust him with the cap, and I do. But this is a unique situation. They haven't been in this situation before, I think, where it's been this tight and they have to kind of make key decisions and they've had success. So they kind of have to, you know, try to figure out how to keep what they have in place and, and, and get some new players and, and find those replacements for Bo Allen or Trey Burton or Patrick Robinson. So it's going to be an interesting offseason. It never is not an interesting offseason with the Eagles. At least this one where Super Bowl champs while it happens. And of course, everyone stick with bleedinggreennation.com. Obviously, we'll have you covered BGN Radio, but Brandon and the guys over there just pumping out content nonstop. Again, check out that uh, nine guys the Eagles can trade or cut to uh, clear up cap space that we've been kind of referencing this whole episode here. And then just tons of tons of content about everything as we were talking about the combine coming up, all that type of stuff. And... And there will be an Easter egg on this podcast. If the phrase or term or whatever, Ghost Island, means anything to you, stay for the Easter egg. If not, uh, you probably won't care about it. But, PLG, your final thoughts. Final thoughts are it's glad to be back, James, doing podcasts with you. It was nice to take the week off. We kind of needed it. You kind of just need to recover. Um, you guys will be on the WIP show this Saturday. I will not be there. And then we're taking off from that the next week after that. So, but once after that, you know, the rest will be over. John's going to be at the combine. We'll have coverage of that. We're going to have free agency will be here. So kind of a little bit of a lull right now, kind of catching our breath, but we're going to be back at it again. You know, like we're the number one radio show and podcast Eagles podcast in Philadelphia for a reason. So, uh, like I said earlier, you know, we're not trying to to have you 
try to game the system for us to be number one. We're already number one because of you. But if you do like the show, of course, you can leave us a five-star rating and review. Apple Podcast, Stitcher, anywhere that you can leave a review. Uh, any kind of feedback you want to give us, we'd appreciate it. I love you all so much for supporting this show and being with us on this run to the Super Bowl. It was an awesome season. I can't wait to continue to be with you all in the off season as we continue to go through here and watch the Eagles try to defend their title and make that dynasty. With Nick Foles starting out week one. No, I'm kidding. BLG. Oh, you had to do it. I'm kidding. Uh, no, what BLG said, I echo all those sentiments. I have two final thoughts. One, quickly, just one of those kinds of sentiments. Uh, shout out. My, so my cousin, I don't normally do shout outs, but my cousin, it's family. We're talking about five first cousins. He's one of them. Charles Seltzer. Out shout out in, to Charles. Uh, shout out to Charles out there in uh, Southern California. And and randomly, he's out there. He's working out there. He gets a job. BLG, it turns out, his boss is a huge fan of BGN Radio. What are the odds of that? No way. Yeah. So shout out to Mark Heenan, my cousin's boss. Uh, uh, very awesome. cool. Very cool stuff. Shout Here, out to Mark. Shout out to Mark. You're our guy, Mark. We love it. And, and like BLG just said, all the people out there who have, who have kind of jumped in and, and taken this ride uh, with us, we, we could not be more appreciative. BLG, here's my real final thought, and it is a, um, a shout out- cream? Uh, no, oh my god, I forgot about that. I, you're I right. I, uh, sorry, I, I had a whole <laughs> tub of vanilla ice cream ready to go. I think Doug Peterson might have stolen and eaten it all, though. So he might strawberry be strawberry topping. On that there. guy loves his ice cream. He's so plain Jane, man. I love it. Like who? He's <laughs> he he is outside of of a football sideline. He is the most boring plain Jane human being on the planet. Put him on a sideline. He's a fucking assassin, BLG. I've never Great. seen anything like it. It is awesome. Uh, but here here's my uh, final thought. It is a, sh- a shout out out of sorts but not to anyone i know shout out to the minnesota vikings for not being as petty as their fans because the vikings uh did a a really nice thing a a small group of charitable eagles fans who had donated to a a vikings charity uh the vikings sent uh uh, roughly it says 24 eagles fans little containers of the confetti from the field as a little memento to thank them for donating that's fucking cool like that's yeah. really cool, man. Shout out shout out to the Vikings for for not being as lame as their fans, BLJ. Can we just kind of like like there isn't a rivalry with the Vikings. Like I kind of want to like you know what I mean? Like they were bitter, I get it, but like can we just move on? Like we're not enemies with the Vikings fans. Like the Eagles and Vikings aren't rivals. No. Know? Like that's how I feel about it. Like no, I don't, we're the champs. We we yeah, we're the champs. Look, it's cool. You guys lost. We'll have a good game next year. I can't wait to play you guys again. It'll yeah, be fun. Probably on Thursday night. Maybe. Yeah. And yeah. and the Eagles will win again. Oh, you're damn right they will, because Nick <laughs> Foles will be quarterbacking them to victory oh, again, BLG. No. All right. Sudfeld. Uh, Sudfeld. Nate Studfeld throwing studies. All right. Uh, again, Ghost Island coming up. If uh, if uh, you like that kind of stuff. Am I right, BLG? If you're, if you're a Jeff Probst fan, I'll throw one more out there. All right. Uh, again, check out uh, bleedingrenation.com. All kinds of great content there. Uh, Saturday. John Barcher, myself, Trey Thomas on Sports Radio WIP, as BLG said, the number one time show in its time slot, 3.30 to 6.30, so a different time on Saturday. So, BLG, now we got another time slot. We'll just take over all of them, am I right? Sounds good to me. We'll try. We'll try anyway. Again, thank you to everyone for listening uh, at Bre- BleedingGreenNation.com. Check everything out, and uh, and we'll be coming your way again very soon. So for Brandon Lee Gowden, I am James Seltzer. Thank you for listening to episode 302 of BGN Radio. Stretch your hand and I'm going to chop it off. 
I dare you ask for a favor from your boss's boss. Shrimp, scampi, angel head noodles, white wine sauce. Rwanda and the Ross, reload the Nina Ross. Settle metal when I'm focused on the green Dinero. Hocus pocus, Gucci loafers, cake with baking soda. Cake for soldiers moving weight from Maine to Nova Scotia. Bang revolvers, problem solvers, that pain the mothers. Lost a child, clips from play when they hear the loud. Nightmares, walking dead cause they sleep again. You either sheep or shit, be scared or cut to pieces. I lust for custom coops with the honey mustard features. Butterfly doors, a whore that makes wine or so. All right, PLJ, let's do a little Easter egg action. Let's do it. What are you thinking? We're talking about a little Survivor Ghost Island BLG starting <laughs> next Wednesday night for, for the few out there who love Survivor. Like and the five people. Got a chance to listen to the podcast has spoken, a.k.a. the No Name Survivor podcast back in the day. Um, we had some fun. We should try and revive that. We, yeah. BLG and I have a much better chance, not just in terms of actually talking about it on a on a podcast of any kind but just to even talk about survivor when it is yeah. the season that is not during eagle season so i'm very much looking forward to it plj me too man it's it's always good uh i, I think it's funny how you know I, I don't know anyone except you basically <laughs> who watches the show i think i always me and I emily right felt, me and my wife and yeah, the, <laughs> you and emily and the dogs i always just felt like you know it was it was just me yep. but then uh, I brought it up to you, and I thought you were like messing with me at first, and and you weren't. And it's great because it's a, it's an awesome show. I just think there's a wide appeal. Uh, people, I think, just kind of don't watch it because it's like, oh, it's reality TV, that's garbage. No, it's not. It's more than that. It's to me. It's I always say it's like a sport. It's like its own. There's competition. I like it, so I'm 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 pretty excited too for this season. I think the the theme is interesting. Like I, I feel like it could kind of bomb almost. Like I think it's a little forced, but I'm giving it a chance, and I think it could like I think it's kind of hit or miss. That's what I'm trying to say. Here. Yeah, I, think I agree with bomb. you. I think it could be really cool. I like the concept in the sense that for the first time they are they are doing something to kind of acknowledge the history of the show and, and to to kind of reference older seasons, which they never ever 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 do. It's always its own kind of unique thing, unless it's obviously returning season. Then there's some sort of kind of references to past relationships. But I like this concept of of trying to bring these artifacts back and and seeing if you can reverse the curse. I agree with you. Look, I think at this point, 36 seasons in, what we're learning is all the themes are pretty much hokey. It's really about the group of people that they get out there to play the game and A, how charismatic and interesting they are and B, how fun they are and how much game players and how ballsy and all that type of stuff. So uh, at least the, the cool thing I think that the theme has has kind of begotten this season is that because the theme was this ghost island where they're bringing these relics back and it's all about the history of the show, there are way more super fans cast on this season than there are on any other season I'm looking forward to that BLG because I, you know, we've talked about this many times. We're there for the strategy. We're there for the gameplay coming in with a bunch of people who know how to play the game or at least know theoretically how to play the game, I think is going to be a win. Yeah. Maybe it'll get off to a little bit of a faster start too, because that's something we saw on uh, this past season, Heroes Hustlers and wait, Heroes, Healers and Hustlers. There I can never it is. Remember it. Triple and H baby. It was kind of a slow start, you know. It was it was not the best start to that season. It kind of dragged a little there. So maybe we'll see that more action out of the gate. Lots of compelling characters from based on the interviews that you know Josh Wiggler has done. Uh, it's it's funny to me to be using like R H A P terminology. Here I know, on the, right? On the VGN Radio Airwaves. Um, 
But yeah, I we love you, Rob. Weird. If you ever want to come on here, we'd love to have <laughs> we, you on. We got it. We got it. We have to make that work. Yeah, somehow. We, I, I, I feel day. like that of all the the crazy things we said, we have to make it work. Yeah, I feel like that's something we could do. I mean, we, we we're doing yeah. it. We do a radio show with Trey Thomas. I mean, that's yeah. pretty cool. Let's get Rob Cesarino on the pod. So I I think you know I'm gonna give you my not my winner. I mean, obviously everyone kind of picked him as the winner pick, but I think you know I'm gonna be rooting for Philly. Window. He's a Philly guy. I, I want to see him, and I think all these people though have pretty interesting stories. It doesn't seem like there's any real obvious like duds or kind of uh, you know filler people. I, I think it'll be a pretty interesting season. I feel the same way, and uh, I love Wendell. He's a furniture maker here in Philly, like a legit Philly guy. He has a real chance. Looks like Donald Glover uh, too. Yeah, uh, like that's a, like funny. a lot like Donald Glover. It's a crazy. Lot, yeah. yeah, but um, I think that the two people who've jumped out to me in terms of one who I think is going to be the best character on the season in terms of I think that everybody will be rooting for this guy. I don't know if he can win, but Donathan, yes. Donathan. Donathan. Such not, a crazy thing. Not Jonathan. Not Donovan. Not Donovan. Donathan. Um, but he is he is uh, 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 a bright light, it, it seems. Uh, he seems like a wonderful person. He's a person. great personality. Great yeah. personality and, and a super fan. So I'm, I'm interested to see his story. Um, and then, uh, and then I like Jacob Derwin a lot, um, because he is a, uh, survivor blogger who I actually read last year. So that's super weird for me too. I'm like, Oh, I recognize that guy's name. Oh shit. I read his blog. How weird is that? Um, so, so yeah, a uh, BLG either way. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's nice to have survivor back. Obviously. Oh, but, he's the, he's the nerdy guy. He's the like, fro yeah. guy. Yeah. <laughs> he's the, the Jew from New York. Of course I'm going to love the Jew from New York. That's my kind of people. So yeah, I, uh, I think that guy's gonna be funny. Like I feel like I've known people like him in my like oh, people totally. in high school. Like totally. that guy who was always kind of funny. He didn't take himself seriously. Yeah, I feel like that's that guy. Yeah, so I'm excited. I think it's gonna be a lot of fun. Any any uh, I don't have a winner prediction yet. If I had to make one, I would probably pick Jacob just because okay. I I think. It's between him. I think Wendell has a real chance. There's um I like Kellen a lot. I think she has a chance. She's kind of unassuming, but. I don't have one yet. I'll have one by next Wednesday. Do you have a winner pick yet? I think it has to be Wendell. And, and interesting, too, because I usually go into the season cold. Like, I want Wendell to win. Like, I'm going into the season with a rooting interest. Usually, I kind of don't do that. Kind of just wait to see how it plays out. Sometimes, even towards the end, I don't really have a strong rooting interest. Maybe I just prefer someone else over the other. But I'm going in rooting for Wendell. So, let's bring it home. Bring it. Well, hey. He is from the Bring city. The survivor he, trophy yeah. back. Well, you know, he's the yes. This is the city of champions, <laughs> BLG, and I'm with you. It's such a unique thing. It's cool because, like, now with, with the way technology is, these people go out and we can hear these podcasts that were recorded a year ago before the season started. And then this season has been played and has been on the shelf for whatever six months, seven months, where everyone there knows what happened already. But we're listening to them talk before it happens about what they think is going to happen. That's already happened. But yet we haven't watched it yet. It's really fun stuff. BLG. You ever think about it? That just made my brain hurt. Um, yeah, that was, that was a good breakdown. So it is, uh, it is a lot of fun. And hey, if you are a Survivor fan, hit us up because BLG and I uh, just recently learned we weren't the only ones in the world. Uh, apparently, there's like 10 million people who watch it. So uh, if you're one of those 10 million, uh, hit us up because we always love to talk Survivor. And uh, we hope you enjoyed this little, uh, little Easter egg. BLG, Survivor, coming up.